for baseball with the Bard. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 16 of Baseball with the Bard. You know, it's weird to say we're back because it feels like we weren't gone that long. No. The World Series feels like it just happened. But honestly, Noah, that was three weeks ago now that we had our last episode, our World Series special with the guys from the Roll Call. Uh, so yeah, we're happy to be back. Uh, we've had a little bit of a hiatus. Noah was going through a move. Um, so last, was it last Sunday? We were, uh, cleaning and painting and moving some furniture around and now you're all moved in. Yes. I'll moved in a uh, first house here. It's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> Something moving to call is, your own. Yeah, moving is a lot of work, which I knew, but Mike usually mom was in charge, which granted mom yeah. was still mom was still kind <laughs> mom of mom was charge, still in charge. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I'm obviously having to buy things for said house, and you know mm-hmm. it's hard to make breakfast with no spatula uh, right. or to eat. How breakfast was it having no your fork. first? cup of coffee this morning in your new house in my new house it was nice my aunt kelly shout out to aunt kelly got me a keurig a nice one with the filter and everything and the uh like its own water tank and all that uh so i used my new keurig this morning i went to target and got some k cups so i could make myself some coffee very nice i have it in my stepbrother's mug so (laughs) cheers to brendan and daryl uh fantastic nice cup of joe so we're glad to be back, though. Uh, so like we said, uh, during the offseason, Baseball with the Bard is going to be a little spotty. We're going to just try and let a bunch of news build up, and then we'll come at you with a whirlwind of information all at once, rather than uh, trying to say the same thing every other week. Uh, and like, DJ LeMayhew, where's he going? Is he still not signed? Look, he's still not signed. Where do you think he's going, Noah? Oh, still Cleveland? Oh, wow, that's not... Yeah, so let's just uh, get on the same page here and saying we'll see you as often as we see fit during the offseason. And when we get back to the season, every Sunday at 11 o'clock, we will be seeing you uh, for Baseball with the Bard. But for now, we'll stick to this schedule. But, Noah... There's been some pretty big news since the uh, season has ended. Most uh, importantly, to start it off, Robinson Cano once again uh, just decided to stick the needle on his butt or in his arm or in his leg, and he's now got PEDs in his blood system again, suspended for the entirety of next season. Robbie Cano, I don't know what you were thinking. Uh, you are now out $24 million. So uh, let me just read a few lines I have here, Noah. We'll go over what's going on with Robbie. Uh, so the New York Mets second baseman Robinson Cano has tested positive for the performance-enhancing drug stenozolol. I believe that's how it's pronounced. Excuse me if I'm saying that wrong. Uh, and will be suspended for the entire 2021 season according to a statement Wednesday by the commissioner, Rob Manfred. It is his second PED suspension, uh, who is 38 and missed 80 games in 2018 after testing positive for a diuretic while with the Seattle Mariners, rather. Uh, We were extremely disappointed to be informed about Robinson's suspension for violating Major League Baseball's Joint Drug Prevention and Treatment Program. Mets President Sandy Alderson said in a statement that the violation is very unfortunate for him and the organization, our fans, and the sport that the Mets will fully support MLB's efforts toward eliminating performance-enhancing substances from the game. The second positive test results in an automatic 162-game suspension, according to a joint drug agreement between the Major League Baseball and the Players Association and 
he will also have to forfeit that $24 million salary, which uh, for some baseball fans in this offseason is very alarming because now that has opened up a lot of cap space for a team that a lot of players would like to go play for, um, including some that we will be getting to in just a moment. Um, but Noah, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe a Rod's suspension was that not his second offense, and he got like a 201 game suspension. Yes, what was, that was the that was why two, was yeah. that different? What 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 was different about this? Why isn't he getting the same treatment as a Rod? Um, I mean, a Rod, I guess, was an infamous player for for some. I reason. guess the supervillain. Uh, I think that might have had something to do with it, where it was just a little more of an arrogance, I guess, around it. And I love Alex Rodriguez. I don't care what anybody says. I, I know you do. Hanging on my wall since high school. Um, well, since freshman year, I should say high school. Yeah, you got that plaque. Yes, uh, but I honestly couldn't tell you. I think that's the infamy that surrounds Arod. The aura that he has might have been uh, the the reason why that was a little more severe. But who knows? And this is obviously a major hit to the Mets, um, not just because of you know the bat that Robbie Kintz provide, but he is a massive presence in a, any clubhouse. He's a veteran. Um, this is a guy you want to have on the bench, even if he's not playing, a guy you want in the clubhouse, um, where obviously he was still playing. But uh, just in general, that veteran mentality um, is good to have around. Um, what, how do you think this is going to affect them going down the line? Do you think this is going to be a major hit or do you think they could possibly benefit from him uh, getting tested positive for PEDs? I'll say this. Um, the overall reaction from the Mets fans that I know, one of which being my friend Evan from, from, from Central, Uncle Anthony, as we talk about on both shows, is a Mets fan. And um, the consensus I'm getting from them, which is a small sample size, sure, is that they're kind of happy about this uh, for one reason, and that's the guy we're going to talk about next in the likes of DJ LeMahieu, but yes. another reason to where they can actually use the money that they have in other ways, especially because the sale – went through to Steve Cohen. It's official. He's now in charge and he's not going to be like um, the Wilpons who are going to be trying yeah, to save money, nickel and dime here and there, not get the best players, even though they can afford them in this New York market. I mean, they have the cash for these things and Steve Cohen has zero problem spending it. So seeing Robinson Cano not only be out for a year, but also not get that $24 million, that's a lot of cap space. That's a lot of money. Definitely. And they can spend that any other way they choose. And that $24 million is a lot, is a little higher than what people are rating of a deal that DJ LeMahieu could get. So that could be a nice little cushion to kind of maybe coax him over to the other borough of New York, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I was just saying, it's not that long of a subway ride over to the next borough. Uh, so he, we could definitely see someone like DJ LeMayhew ending up in the, in a Mets uni, or maybe someone like Francisco Lindor coming over to the National League. Um, you know, they're not the only team looking at Francisco Lindor. So um, there are quite a few big names we will be talking about in this uh, episode today. We'll save some for a little down the road, too, so we don't waste all of our off-season momentum. I do yes, have a Mr. question. Strong? I do yes. have a question for you. And as you know, uh, I've had this hanging since since freshman year in my room. Yeah. As you know, as my best friend, as you've seen it, right? Yeah. Uh, and I will be hanging it in my new office, in my new home here, because I love Robinson Cano. PEDs or not, just like I love A-Rod. Uh, the question's <laughs> been thrown around. With Cano's recent stint, obviously being suspended, second time on PEDs, who knows how long he's he's been doing it, right? Does this put in jeopardy his Hall of Fame chances? 
Uh, I think obviously it does just as much as it put A-Rod's um, chances in jeopardy. Um, but I think A-Rod has a better chance than Robinson Cano of making the hall anyways. Um, so I think Robbie definitely tarnished his name more than A-Rod did. Even though people will forever say they hate A-Rod, that guy's at least going to make it on his second try. Um, so <laughs> even though everyone hates him, they're going to be like, ah, check. They're still going to say yes to him. Um, but Robbie Cano doesn't have he, – he is a superstar. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't have the rock star status that Alex Rodriguez has in the MLB. I agree. Um, but when you look at guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, who have been on the ballot consistently, they, they get enough votes to stay on, but they don't get enough votes to make it through to the hall. So, I mean, do you see Cano as that rotational guy, or do you think – that there'll be enough writers in the, the writers association, which whatever about the writers association, but that would suck for him. Cause I think he deserves it. Um, yeah. But I, there's a lot of guys who I think deserve it, who have been written off uh, and no longer are, are, you know, running like Jason Veritek and, and Jorge Posada. These guys will never be in the hall because they just didn't get enough votes. Poor catchers. They always get a bad, bad rap. Uh, but you know, maybe someone like Robbie Cano, who's had these, big big moments especially with the yankees um can maybe convince these writers to vote him in uh, but we've all listened to these writers in the past they can sometimes be the biggest babies i've ever seen I'll, i call back one one memory i have here quick was uh when mo was trying was uh gonna be the first person to be get a perfect vote to go into the hall of fame and there was one boston sports writer who was like i'll never vote for mariano rivera mm -hmm. like what is wrong with you this isn't an ego thing mm -hmm. this is you're supposed to be non-biased and and basing it off of the incredible careers which mariano rivera was and still is the best closer that baseball mm -hmm. has ever seen um so yeah will it hurt robbie obviously um i personally don't think he's gonna make the hall um, I, I think he'll be one of those guys who gets cut just short. He'll make, uh, what is it? 66% to stay in the, uh, you got to get two thirds to stay in the, uh, yes. in the, in the race. Uh, I, it could and be I his first say, or second that he'll get like 50% and he'll be gone. Okay. I guess, I mean, it could happen. It really could happen. And, yeah. um, the, I do remember reading that article of the Boston sports writer who oh, said he wasn't going to put a review on his ballot. He did anyway, though. Oh, no, yeah, because yeah. people were like, I'll kill you. <laughs> he did anyway. <laughs> and um, However, though, you can't overlook the person, the one writer who we still don't know who it is, he or she right. or them, uh, who did not put Jeter on oh, their right. Ballot. Remember, he, right? he, he, he made it still. Either, he didn't get a perfect, but I mean, those not... things happen. He I'm still a Sox made fan. It. How do you not? Uh, what? That's just ludicrous. <laughs> ludicrous. It's like Poppy will, will absolutely oh, be easy. a 100%. Like I, I've seen no, unless there's some angry David Price fan out there who still hates David Ortiz. I think that's the only way. I think Yankee fans have even come to love David Ortiz, oh, even though he's, even though they but they love to it. boo him. But come on, that's I mean, that's that's part of the job. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this: if David Ortiz came to Yankee Stadium today, he's yeah. not going to get booed. Right, right. Especially especially considering how close, actually close, him and A Rod are. Oh God, yeah, they're like, like they're, best friends. They are best friends. Like they have, they have sleepovers. A, I was just gonna say that they have adult <laughs> sleepovers. Like they're best friends. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, David Ortiz, he's gonna make it in quickly. And I mean, you know, it, it's just at what point? I think A Rod takes three three attempts. Three years. 
yeah. Three attempts to make the haul. I think Poppy goes in first ballot. I agree with Poppy going in first ballot. I think A-Rod would make it first ballot if it weren't for the steroids. Yeah, yeah. He kind of tarnished himself there. He made himself a little bit hated. And then he came back arrogant. That was the worst possible uh, route he could have ever done. It worked because he was incredible when he came back. Um, But will it work for the Hall? That's yet to be seen. Exactly. Uh, Speaking of Hall, maybe this is someone who might end up there sometime in his day. DJ LeMayhew. Massive, massive talking point of this offseason. He is, in my opinion, the biggest, if not second biggest, uh, contract that is going to be moved this offseason, potentially moved. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm not giving up on the Yankees just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, where is he going to go is yet to be decided, but uh, I think the Yankees have made it pretty clear that they want to bring back the second baseman uh, and make it their top priority at this time. As the negotiations grind on, it's also evident that LeMahieu's preference is to stay where he is. Uh, since joining the Yankees as a free agent, Prior to the 2019 season, LeMahieu uh, had hit the slash marks of 336, 386, 536, and 195 games with 36 home runs and 43 doubles. Um, yeah, the wild card contender, though, is the team we were just talking about, the Mets. Um, it would be very interesting because they recently lost Robbie, like we were talking about. He would be an absolutely ideal replacement. And uh, Steve Cohen has indicated that he's willing to spend, as you said in the first segment. Um, So I, if I were a Yankee fan, I'd be a little nervous right now. I think uh, that little curveball of the off season, there's always one uh, this time affected the Yankees and it could very much throw you guys in a little bit of mud here. Um, I don't think the Yankees losing DJ LeMahieu is the end of the world because that just moves uh, Glaber back into his intended position, because as we've seen at shortstop, uh, so we need to put him back at his intended position. And then maybe uh, there's someone like a Francisco Lindor who is looking for a place to win a championship that can fill that shortstop position. Um, Will it happen? Uh -uh. Probably not. Um, But I honestly, at this moment, feel like DJ LeMahieu will not be a Yankee at the start of the 2021 season. What do you think, Noah? I, uh, I'll i say this. A week ago, I was nervous about it. The biggest threat is the Mets, especially the second uh, Cano was popped again for PEDs. Mm-hmm. I said to myself, oh, no. Like, literally, I was like, that's it. That's it. However, DJ has already made it clear that and this was post the Cano suspension. So this is a couple days ago that he wants to do all he can to stay in New York. He is even to, and I quote, willing to take somewhat of a pay cut to stay in New York, not a cut as in make less than last year, but not make as much as he would hope uh, next year. So um, in that respect, like, obviously it's nice to see a guy like DJ wanting to do that. Uh, Obviously he wants to stay in New York. He likes it there. He knows a lot of people there. I mean, that's his family. He's, He's been there. I know. And who wouldn't want to play in New York, especially because right. it's not like he went to New York and struggled, which a lot no. of players do. They can't play in the thrive. big leagues. Yeah, exactly. He went to New York and thrived. Like he is in New York. He embodies what it means to play baseball in New York City for the New York Yankees under those big lights. So it's a no brainer for him to want to stay there. I, that, I think, is what's going to keep him there. However, I am going to say it's it's annoying that the Yankees aren't just like, you know what? Here, 
That's what confuses me, Noah, because mm-hmm. the Yankees, it's not like they don't have money. And if you know the Yankees, when they want something, they get it. So Terrible. it makes me think that exactly. And at, before the 2019 season ended, everyone knew Garrett Cole was going to the Yankees because the Yankees made it very obvious that they were going to sign him and there was no one who was going to be able to do anything about it. The fact that they're not doing that with DJ LeMayhew right now is very concerning for, well, not for me. I don't care. He can go wherever the hell he wants. It's good for me if he's not on the Yankees. I'd rather him be gone. He's a Red Sox killer. Um, So I'd be happy to see him gone. But if you're a Yankee fan, you should be a little concerned uh, that your number one weapon of the last year and a half uh, will potentially be saying see you later and heading to the borough right next door to a uh, slightly less nice field. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Um, I do think that what the Yankees are doing is what they've done before with players who no one could ever see leaving. Like Robinson Cano? Like Cano. Well, not Cano. I, I was going to go more of the Jeter route. Um, that when Ryan Cashman, the uh, Jeter wanted a big raise and whatever else, and they were like, nah. And yeah. they like he was like, all right, like, I'll walk. And they were like, okay. No, <laughs> and then and then he didn't so oh, you remember that oh man i craziness. was so excited for that craziness. i was like please do it do it but jeter, the Red Sox. you know why jeter, jeter loved new york he knew that he, he thrived there didn't want to leave and i see that same thing in lemayhew does that mean like are the yankees genius for doing that or are they ridiculous for doing that like that's they're like the, the patriots of of the yeah. mlb they if you don't want to play here bye Exactly. We're going to we're going to pay our stars, our, our few mega stars, and then you come here to win a championship and that's it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So whether they're ridiculous for doing that or whether they're genius for doing that, that's an opinion based answer. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little of both. Like if you think it's going to work great, but if it doesn't work, you have egg on your face. And now you look ridiculous because you just lost the hottest free agent that is on the market yep. currently. And, and the one guy who anyone else on your team can't do right now. Yeah. Like, and I'll say this, like. Does DJ LeMahieu immediately address the the issues the Yankees have had over the last couple of years? No, he doesn't. Right. Sure, they don't have consistent base to base hitting. Nobody else can do what he does at the top of the lineup. However, like there's guys on that team who can hit. What the Yankees need right now is, as I felt like a broken record in terms of a little bit more boost to their starting rotation, and they even lost uh, Tommy Canely. They might have to oh. fill that spot in the bullpen, especially with Chapman. You know, I mean, the, they don't know what the future is going to look like for those types of guys. And then also the catching options, which we'll get to and so on. Oh, that's coming. So there's a few <laughs> things. So I'll, can I give a, a fantasy in my mind of what I would do yeah. if, if I could just plug and play? If this was MLB The Show, force trades were on, ignore budgets were on. <laughs> this is the move I would make. Um, I would actually move DJ LeMahieu to first base. I would move Torres back to second. I would find a shortstop. Uh, I don't know if I would break the bank to find a shortstop. I think I would bring back Didi or I would sign Alderson Simmons just to try and bring up the defensive option there. Uh, we really that would don't be need... insane. Really I, don't... I don't get why people are looking over him. Oh, absolutely. We really don't need an offensive bat in the lineup. Uh, and I, I say Didi because the lefty would be huge. And then they could focus majority of their expenditure on the catching position. And that would maybe include a trade of Luke Voigt uh, because oh. he is hot right now. He's big right now. And I, I'm sorry, the DJ LeMahieu, there is nobody else in the lineup that can do what he does. However, uh, when it comes to Luke Voigt, there's multiple others who can do exactly what Luke Voigt does when they're hot. Aaron Judge. Yeah. Aaron Hicks, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, if he picks up his bat, um, Labor <laughs> Torres, 
and there's, they do. They have those options of those power guys. And yeah. DJ is more of a solid player, and he would be a bigger loss than if you traded Luke Voigt for a position that you have to fix in the likes of a starting pitcher or a catcher. Yeah, you know, it's it's insane, um, all the opportunities that the Yankees have this offseason. You just named so many um, that they could do to fill that void. God forbid DJ LeMahieu decides uh, that he doesn't want to be in the Yankee pinstripes anymore and go somewhere else. Um, but yeah, speaking of somewhere else, Noah, there's some other people that are on this great network of ours for with Clovercrest. Um, and we just want to give them a quick shout out, guys. So uh, take a look at some of these uh, other podcasts we have going here at Clovercrest. I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball. Man there. Got him. Matching touchdown. I'm not sold on Matt Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes of change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. I crossed up by Kobe, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. When I was 12 years old, I became a Jack Nicholson superfan. This happened almost overnight on an evening in February 1997 when I first saw The Shining. Here's Johnny! In those 20-plus years, I never stopped being a Jack superfan. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Get ready for You Don't Know Jack, hosted by me. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you very much to Beast Mode Breaks. Uh, some of our friends who are not actually with Clovercrest, who shouted us out on one of their recent episodes on Facebook Live, uh, they are a pack opening uh, channel. So if you are interested in collecting baseball, football, NASCAR, uh, basketball cards, um, they have a fun way of buying into pack openings. That is our buddies over at Beast Mode Breaks. You can find them on Facebook right now. So give them a look as well. We appreciate it. And hopefully soon we're going to do a little collaboration, Noah. So uh, we are looking forward to seeing some of our old friends from high school. And maybe we will get back together and have them on the show with us here on Baseball with the Bard. But old friends, Noah. I, that was completely unintentional. I flew right into that, and that was a, a beautiful open door. Theo Epstein. Oh, it feels good to say that name as a Red Sox fan. It is a great name that comes out when I say Theo Epstein. It brings back all the best memories. Mr. 2004 Red Sox leader who put that locker room together uh, is on his way out of Chicago. Pretty shocking. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And can I say Mets or Mets? I'm still on the last one. Um, <laughs> Cubs fans are not too happy about it. Um, they are all very, I mean, why would they be? Theo is one of the greatest aspects of two of the biggest franchises of the last 20 years. 
Uh, so it is a big loss. Um, so I have a few notes here, Noah. I'm just going to read for us, and then we can chat when I get through it here. Uh, so after stepping down as the Chicago Cubs president of baseball operations on this Tuesday, Theo Epstein is reportedly planning on taking the next year off from baseball. No baseball for Mr. Championship Baseball winner. Uh, given his extensive and hugely successful track record in baseball operations, it's probably a fair guess to say he will be back in another form of front office, whether it be GMing or president or trying to do something else. Maybe he'll own a team. Um, we'll see where he can jump in. Um, but if he's feeling a little extra ambitious, he might set his sights on a position that would have ramifications for all of major league baseball. So he's only 46 years old right now. Um, so what a young age to be a leader in the baseball community. Um, he has been a staple in the championship baseball for a while now. He was the Boston Red Sox general manager from 2003 to 2011, seeing two of the biggest Red Sox World Series wins come through in that time, 2004 and 2007. Uh, the Red Sox won 2004 World Series championships, snapping that 86-year championship drought, and Theo was a big key to that. Uh, the Chicago Cubs president of baseball operations from 2011 to 2020, where the Cubs would win the World Series, snapping a 108-year championship drought in 2016. Uh, he was also chosen by Fortune as the world's greatest leader in 2017. Um, I mean, when you can lead a two heavily losing clubs who have lost for almost a century each and over a century for one, um, yeah, that would probably uh, dictate that kind of title for you. Um, it is very sad to see someone like Theo leave um, under his own will. I mean, good for him. If he's done with baseball, he doesn't need to ever do anything for the rest of his life. This man can go live on an island and he'll never have to pay for anything ever again. Um, he's one of the winningest people in baseball in terms of taking a loser of a team and turning them into championship caliber teams. And this, uh, if it worked anyway, like it did for the Red Sox, this will not flush the Cubs. They now have a path to follow and they have it, nothing else has changed. All of his guys, I think Lowry's taking over the position uh, of GM. So he's going to come right in and pick up where Theo left off. And hopefully he doesn't fall apart. Um, like the Red Sox did a little bit, just a little bit just a little bit when he left, you know, when he left, we got big old Ben uh, who did a whole lot of nothing and hired Bobby Valentine. So luckily that flushed all the bad out of the system. Um, but I mean, what's next? What's next for Theo Epstein, Noah? You know, it's uh, obviously it was a little bit of a surprise that he was stepping down, but uh, if he's feeling ambitious, I'd love to see him in a bigger role in baseball, as you put here, yeah. Tyler. Uh, I know you always have your, your words for Mr. Cashman. Oh. Um, so I'm sorry, not Mr. Cash, Mr. Manfred, Mr. Manfred. Also um, a loser. So uh, I'd love to see him in some type of bigger form in baseball. Oh, you're thinking like that. Yes. You're thinking be a, that, like a commissioner might change hands here. I don't know if commissioner will change hands relatively soon. Uh, if it were to happen, I'd, I'd love to see How the about him right? in that role. I mean, great, I didn't even think of that. He has a great baseball mind. I think he'll – be able to help us address the issues that baseball is facing, the newer issues that baseball is facing, because uh, yeah. he, he's been able to lift teams up out of weird situations and droughts and so on, like the Red Sox with their 86-year spot, the Cubs with their 108-year spot. I mean, he's that guy who can build things up and leave them better than he found them, and I feel he would be a good 
piece to place into a very important role of decision-making role in baseball. Yeah, I, I, he's a, obviously a baseball mind. Um, and he's he Daglis, he didn't used to be. He He's more uh, recently gone up to sitting up in the clubhouse. Um, but he was a man of the people in uh, 2004, the very famous fight of A-Rod and Veritek. Theo Epstein was front and center. He was sitting right behind that fight when it happened. And I love it because it was obviously a boring game. So you just see him sitting like like just falling asleep in the stands. And then suddenly he hears someone get hit and he just jumps to attention and is like, what's going on? Um, so absolutely love Theo. Um, we hope for the best for him. I hope this isn't it. I hope he is back in baseball. I think, I don't think he's allowed to not be in baseball. I think MLB will pursue him nonstop um, because Theo Epstein, as we would say in WWE is best for business. Uh, and I think something like a Theo presidency with MLB association somewhere else uh, would definitely, excuse me. Oh, I got a dry throat this morning would definitely help with, uh, with making baseball a better sport. And baseball's had some massive, massive, massive controversy over the last season and a half. Um, so maybe he can come clean up the sport and make the Astros not cheat. Uh, sorry. I just had to. I just had to throw it in there. No, I'm sorry. I'm not really uh, sorry, but I have to pretend I am so we don't get any more angry Astros fans in the comments. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But yes, it'll be exciting to see where he ends up. Obviously, he earned that year off, so enjoy it and, you know, uh, whatever else. And I'm excited to see him back in the sport. And as I said, I'd like to see him in a bigger role than just being on one team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And we have some news, some groundbreaking news coming out of Miami. Uh, Kim, I believe it's pronounced NG. If I'm wrong, someone please correct me, uh, is the new general manager of the Marlins. And for people who may not know why that's a big deal, well, here is a picture of Kim, the first woman to be a general manager of a major league baseball team. Um, Derek Jeter continues to impress and brings in new people who uh, will hopefully change the dynamic of the game. Uh, this is a massive milestone for women in professional sports that have been predominantly men heavy. Um, so Noah, this is a pretty, pretty incredible moment, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she is the highest ranking uh, female executive in all of baseball, you know, so it's awesome to to see that obviously baseball moving in the right direction uh, in this sense. And um, she is the first woman to serve as general manager, as you said, of a team in the big four leagues, obviously here in North America. So it's exciting. She graduated from the University of Chicago and she also played college softball and she worked her way up to the front office of several major league teams and became a vice president of the league. And now she is named as the general manager this year by Derek. Jeter himself so it's awesome to see it's you know, like I said baseball is moving in the right direction yeah congratulations uh, as we've seen over the last season baseball has become very progressive and socially aware and uh, I absolutely love this move uh, I hope to see more like it maybe we can see some women coaches I know we have a lot of trainers and stuff like that uh, but you know just because there haven't been any women players in the mlb doesn't mean we can't have coaches and eventually hopefully we will Manager. get some players coming in here as mm. soon as possible uh because there have been some women who we've seen coming up through college who just want a chance and mlb has just shut them down for so long and i think it is time to start letting some of these women take their chances 
at uh, telling the boys that the girls can play just as well as they can. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is definitely an exciting thing to see, Kim. Congratulations. We are excited to see what you can do to elevate this abysmal team that is the Miami Marlins. (laughs) 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 So uh, I think you've got your work made out for you there. Good luck. Here's the worst team in the MLB. Let's see what you can do. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that is exciting. And uh, we have some other exciting news. This man may be on the move. Um, Francisco Lindor, where is he going to land, Noah? You know, I'm, I'm getting a little – no, I'm not. I'm getting a lot tired of hearing Francisco Lindor <laughs> trade rumors. These have been rampant since, like, the midseason, since before the se- last season started. I mean, yeah. all the, uh, this poor guy cannot just relax. Like, he just keeps hearing these rumors he's going to be traded, which, I mean, the Indians, if they do trade him, uh, that's, I mean, stupid. But, I mean, I guess unless they make out like bandits, which I don't know. I don't see how you – improve from getting rid of a guy like Lindor. I don't see how you go up from there. It doesn't make sense to me, unless you're trading no, for Trout. I who's think on it might now. be a big move. I think this might just be a, a reset because Cleveland, as hard as they've fought for these last five, six seasons, they just have not been able to get the job done. And it, maybe it's time for them to rebuild a little bit. And I, I have a few teams here, Noah, that I thought maybe could be a landing spot because we have teams like the Reds who have a constant willingness to part with their prospects. As the Red Sox have found out, we are constantly trading with the Reds. Mm. They build up this incredible, incredible prospect team, but never actually bring any of them to the damn big show. And they trade them all away to other teams. Um, They're finally not doing that and bringing up guys that are doing okay up in the majors. So the Reds have shown they are here, but maybe someone like Francisco Lindor as a leader in that clubhouse, along with uh, Votto, could be a good move for them um how about the blue jays noah uh they uh, maybe just move bo bichette over to third and open up that shortstop position uh that would be a massive massive move for the blue jays a team who is very hungry and they would like to be a part of this dance at the top of the al east with the rays and the uh yankees um we already talked about the yankees so i won't stay here too long but if dj doesn't come back we can move glaber to second uh, and put, uh, you know, Lindor where he belongs at shortstop. So you don't have a hole on the left side of your uh, <laughs> defense anymore with Glaber at shortstop. And the Angels. The Angels seem to be two or three players away from being a major league playoff contender. Uh, could this be the wild card team that nobody sees coming? Uh, that is my favorite one right there is the Angels. Because I have, you know this, every year I'm like, this is it. They're going to do it. They're gonna no. make the they're gonna make the playoffs. No, and then not. and then they get like sixty-eight wins. Exactly. <laughs> and then Mike Trout wins the MVP. It is a constant <laughs> circle of the same thing every year. Um, but I, maybe someone like Francisco Lindor and uh Trevor Bauer could potentially be on the move, do some big moves uh to make this team that much better. They are they are a team that has good players. There just needs to be a dynamic in this clubhouse that needs to change. And maybe a character like Francisco Lindor. Look, at there's, we have a picture on the screen of him and Mike Trout screwing around and having a fun time on the baseball field. To have these two in a clubhouse together, oh my God, that would be fun to watch. Um, and then you add a guy, love, chaos level of Trevor Bauer, who is going to go to the Red Sox, but you know we'll save that for another time. Um, yeah, if you add someone like that, Noah, Oh my gosh! Can you imagine the Angels? Um, no, you're not buying it. 
Nope, not even a little bit. Uh, the Angels need a lot more than a shortstop to do what uh, they want to do in the sense of winning the World Series. They've had Mike Trout, who some will say is going to be the best player to ever walk the earth. Um, they signed Rendon, who is the best shortstop, I'm sorry, the best third baseman in the game right now, if you ask me. He's unbelievable. That's what he did in the World Series in 20, I'm sorry, in 2019. It was just unheard of. Um, you have he had Shohei Otani, who is on a bit of a decline, but if he was healthy, he'd be great. You had Albert Pujols for a while. Sure, he's old now, but he wasn't that old forever. And the biggest problem that they have is they don't have any pitching. I mean, one or yeah. two guys can't do it themselves. Your starting rotation, they, I mean, if your starting rotation can't get you to the fifth inning with at least with a maximum of like three runs every two days, is a problem. They can't do that. Uh, so, I mean, they could sign Lindor, but unless he's going to take the mound and throw like Garrett Cole, he ain't going to help their issues. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah, they obviously have a lot of issues that they need to fix, too. I'm just saying that Francisco Lindor would be a massive piece into making this team at least a 500 mm -hmm. team. Yeah. And then obviously they have to add more pieces. Yes, it would be very Angels like of them to sign Lindor for a lot of money. I'll, yeah, I'll that I will be, say. <laughs> they'll sign him to a $300 million contract. Yeah. No, <laughs> for two years. No, kidding. Well, granted, um, he is a trade object now, but once he is a free agent, then. Right, right. We'll, we'll I think that goes. would be and a big move for them. Mm -hmm. That's another thing is, I mean, wherever Lindor does end up in terms of a trade, if, if he does get traded, right? Uh, it's not saying he's going to stay there forever. No, Maybe he stays that's there. a championship move. Yeah. Like if the Yankees were to, I don't see them being That's like championship move. Thanks for the world series and sign him to a 10 year contract. Like no right. way, no way, yeah, no, which is why I don't think he's going there because I don't think the Yankees would do that. They, they're not going to do that. They, if they got an Alterson Simmons or a DD, they, they could sign those guys for the three years that they're looking for. But the Yankees don't want to jump into a 15, 10 year I contract. I think sign Andrelton Simmons. That's, that's what's happening this off season. Um, you don't need a bat. You need exactly. someone who's incredible at shortstop. Exactly. And that's uh, potentially one of the best. Oh, for sure. I, and I agree with 100%. The Reds, I don't know. I, I think that uh, Bauer isn't going to go back there. So yeah, no. They, they don't uh, – I don't think it would be worth it to It's them, the end of the Reds as we know it. Yes. They're going to fall apart at the seams. <laughs> so I don't see that happening. Um, another team that's not on this list, like maybe the Padres, um, and they could uh, move him around, I mean, any which way they would like. Are you? But, um are you being nice to the Padres? I'm not being nice to the Padres, but they oh just like spending God. money and they can afford it. Um, Let's go Padres. Look at that. You got your, you got some support from your so biggest I really, leader. I could really see them boosting their infield. If they could have an infield that consists of. Um, Imagine that corner over there. I was oh. going to say you have that uh, left side. Mm. Machado, uh, uh, Lindor and Tatis. I mean, that's just. Whew. And Moose. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about him. So, I mean, that, that would be quite the infield there. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, Mus yeah, Moustakas at first. I mean, that's just – that's quite the infield. If, if that they is not fair. Like that. that is a cheat code. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> they also um, turned on auto trade and uh, force trade and no budget. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. We could see what happens here. The Jays would make a little bit of sense because they're at least a contender. But in the end of this, does he stay put? I don't think so. If I had to choose where he would end up, Yes, you do have to choose. <laughs> if I had to choose here, I would probably say either the Angels or the Padres because they're the ones that are most likely to spend on him. I don't think he's going to want to go somewhere for a year or two. I think he's. I'm taking wanna... the Angels. Yeah, I think he'll want to go somewhere and then get a, get an eight year contract out of it. 
Yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Um, so let's roll into this next thing. So we're going to try this new segment. You guys can let us know in the comments, or you can, if you know us, just send can me I, and Noah. Can I bring text. up one, huh? one trade rumor that I saw last night? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that not, first. Not Lindor-related. I just wanted okay. to throw this out there to see what your uh, – I don't know if you heard about it yet. I want to see your reaction here of the Dodgers are thinking about – well, there's a rumor that the Dodgers might be looking into trading for this individual. Okay. Nolan Arenado. Not going to happen. That's I'm, I agree, and it would be ludicrous. Who are they going to trade him? Mookie Betts, uh, Walker Bueller, and <laughs> like, like what? How are they going to manage that? Well, I think the biggest thing is the Rockies realize that if if he uh, becomes a free agent, they're not going to get him anyway, so they might as well try to get something for him. And that's the Dodgers do not need him. Oh, they that's just true. Won a World Series, and that's... if they sign him, Manfred, uh, boop boop boop. <laughs> uh, excuse me corruption do you imagine <laughs> i just wanted to see i had the same reaction because when i saw that i was like okay no stop it like at, I, no. I will dial up rob manfred's <laughs> office and be like remember that time you didn't check in on Derek jeter giving Giancarlo stand to the yankees it's time to dial up and uh knock down these trades okay that's not okay and we can't allow it unless they're giving up Bueller and Mookie Betts. No. And uh, probably be like, it, honestly, it would probably be prospects and some cash. Noah. God, like I, I said, hate it. I hate the Rockies. It. And the only reason it's not because the Rockies are going to make out for this and trade someone to help them win a world series. They right. know themselves. They're not doing that. So they're going to try and get something yeah. because they know once Arnado's a free agent, they probably won't get him back. So. I guess that's fair enough. Yeah, that's a good point. You way to stir the pot there, Mr. Cross. I had to do it. Um, but that so, does lead us into the next. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We're doing. A, we're going to try a new segment. You guys can let us know in the comments or just send me and Noah a private message on whether you like this or not. Or if you have any ideas for Baseball with the Bard, please let us know. We'd love to hear any of the ideas to help us enhance our show. We appreciate your input. Thank you so much. Um, so we're going to do our takes. So we'll do Noah's take, and then we'll do my take to end the show. Uh, at least for the off for the uh, off season episodes. Um, so Noah, please take it away on Gary Sanchez and the direction you think the Yankees need to go with this man. Oh man, you know it's a tough one. It's obviously been a piece of contention that's been thrown around in the Yankees universe for a while now. And is keeping Gary Sanchez really a good idea? Uh, there's an argument for Gary in saying that it was a 60 game season. He's not used to doing that type of startup in spring training, stopping and then having to get hot again really fast, uh, playing a shortened season. He was working on his catching mechanics. He had a new catching coach. There was a lot going on in the mind of Gary Sanchez. However, he did swing 147. Uh, his bat wasn't as hot as, as everyone would make him out to be. He wasn't that solid player that the Yankees acquired him to be. So that's the argument against him, obviously, to see, hey, do we move on? Do we give him another year or, or of the like? One thing that I was talking about before when we were rumoring that Nolan Arenado trade to the Dodgers is if the Yankees are going to simply non-tender Gary Sanchez, they face him going to another team in the AL East. I could see him going to maybe a team like the Rays, and they would maybe – make him into the player he can be and then the Yankees have egg on their face because well now he's playing amazing on another team like that and that was something Michael Kay was talking about on his show and saying hey uh 
maybe this is happening over there. Maybe Gary Sanchez goes to another team if they non-tender him, and then the Yankees look foolish. They look stupid because now he's playing great there. Why couldn't the Yankees figure out how to help Gary Sanchez be the best player he can be? Uh, if they trade him, they get something for him. They have more control, so they can say, hey, we're going to send him to like a different team that we're not going to have to see all the time. So even if he does play well, who cares? Uh, maybe they send him over to the Marlins or to Jeter and say, like, do what you can with them, have fun, uh, and so on. So is keeping him a good idea? I honestly at the moment would say no. I've always been a Gary doubter. I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt uh, this season. What I think will happen is the Yankees give him one more year uh, to maybe prove himself. It is an arbitration year, and the biggest reality here, and everyone's been saying this, is even if they do want to trade him, he doesn't have that high of a trade value. He really doesn't anymore. So you're not going to get much for him. Yeah, you no. could try to get something to maybe bolster a position to where you could try, acquire him, maybe a three-way deal to get what you need. I don't see you getting a top pitching arm or a top catcher or a top shortstop, which is where the Yankees' weaknesses are for a guy like Gary Sanchez. It just doesn't make sense to me in happening. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think I can agree with everything you said there, Noah. That was uh, exactly how I felt about him almost all season, uh, with the exception of one thing. I think this is it. I think Gary has uh, punched his ticket out of New York. Um, I think Kyle Higashioka has clinched his position as your number one catcher. Um, I said that in game one of last season that he should be your starting catcher. Gary had his moments where Gary was very good this season, but Gary had way more moments where Gary sucked this season. Um, I am very much comparing him to Manny Ramirez at the end of his MLB career, where he had the ability to smoke the ball, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. And it was constant that he couldn't get the job done. Um, maybe it's just New York. Let's see if he can do the job somewhere else. Um, but yeah, no, that was a very good take and not too hot of a take. That was nice. That was a pretty medium uh, boil take because my take. Yeah, I figured I would start it off a little slower because <laughs> I knew I knew this was coming. So my take is on Alex Cora. Noah, I'm just going to boop. Uh, let me just step in here really quick. So Noah can't tell me to calm down. Um, Alex Cora has been signed as the Red Sox new quote quote manager of baseball i absolutely hate this decision alex cora i appreciate everything that alex cora has done oh while i'm sitting here i've noticed Noah, we've had the wrong brand up in the corner for this entire episode look at that let me just fix that really quick bam <laughs> no, don't but hey listen it was it was definitely on purpose i was looking to to show everyone cross some wrestling entertainment um so you know you can follow us there next um alex cora is the new manager of the boston red sox uh and i say new in quotes because why did they get rid of him in the first place if they were just going to bring him back as the manager this coming season it makes no sense to me because they basically said we don't condone uh, cheaters. We don't condone this kind of activity on our team. And then they fired him and brought him back anyways. It just seems like they have set themselves up for failure. Now, don't get me wrong. Alex Cora had did an incredible job in Boston, getting us our championship wins. Uh, but. I don't think that condones a reason to bring this guy back to Boston. Um, and as I've seen on all these social media sites, um, yeah, people love him, 
but just about the same amount of people hate him. Um, and a lot of Boston fans are Patriots fans. Um, so I bring up the fact of the Patriots because the Patriots have been clouded with cheating scandals for their entire career as a, as a team within the Tom Brady era. Um, and as a sports fan, a Boston fan, I just don't need that drama as a Red Sox fan. And we had Joe on the uh, podcast last time talking. I think we were talking about Alex Cora and uh, what his ability would be with the Red Sox. And Joe agreed with me saying that he would just be a cloud over the Red Sox. All he brings mm. is a, a, this drama. And uh, if Joe's around or wants to give me a thumbs up, I can bring Joe on at some point uh, and see if he wants to talk to us today. Um, but we will see if he is around uh, when, when it comes to Alex Cora. Oh, wait, hold on. He just jumped in. I think he was watching. Give me a second. Um, hello there, Mr. Aguirre. What is going on, my friend? What's going on? Yeah, so I think yeah, I agree with this you, is right? horrible. Yeah. It's a bad Big move. Time. What, yeah, what do you think their reasoning is? I don't understand it. Oh, why is the internet going on? I don't, we can still hear you. We can still hear you. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, like you said, you got this cloud hanging over you. And if, if you're a Boston fan, you, you're already dealing with that with the Patriots. Exactly. That's the knock, that's the knock on Patriot, right? Every, anytime the, we want to talk about the greatest of all time. They're going to bring up the cheating stuff. Exactly. And and listen, the Red Sox have a lot of work to do. They're, that's a yeah, bad oh team. Oh, God, right? yeah. Yeah, they and have a good. lot of work this offseason. Oh, yeah, he's a good manager. But let's say he turns this around in two years and you guys are right back in it. Sure. What, but what happened? That, that is always going to be hanging over your heads. And it's really unfortunate, I think. It is really unfortunate. And, you know, I'm glad that someone on another team can agree uh, or another fan base can agree with me because the Yankee fans at work are, are all up in arms that I'm upset about this. They're like, what do you mean? He's the best manager in the, in the last few years. I go, okay, great. He won us a, a World Series championship. So did John Farrell. And he got fired for screwing the intern. So uh, what are we doing bringing this guy back when he cheated to win a World Series? It makes absolutely no sense to me. And I get it. He's a clubhouse guy. And guys like Xander Bogarts are, are, love him because they they had this incredible bond with him. Um, and the 2018 World Series one was massive for Cora's hometown and uh, places in the Dominican and Puerto Rico. And seeing these guys come up and win these this big championship. Um, so that is all great. But when you bring it down to that one little point, any success that the Red Sox have in the time that Alex Cora is their manager is going to be questioned beyond being questioned. And I don't like that. Um, and again, thank you, Joe, so much for uh, stepping in here for a moment. I saw you pop your head in, so I figured you had a bit of a hot take. Yeah, I, I heard you guys talking about it. I, I was kind of curious, and thank you for bringing me on. And the last thing I'll say is, look, I'm a big fan of the Coras. I, I, Joey Cora was one of my favorite guys growing up, just just a utility guy that, that like, delivered. And, and Alex kind of carried on the family legacy. I like the Coras, and I think it's really unfortunate that, again, I, I, we don't even really know what happened, but we know something bad happened. Yeah, and, and he orchestrated it. Being involved, and... 
I like to, you know, look, the Boons, the Coras, you, you look at these these three generation families in, in baseball, you know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. come on, you guys know better than that. Alex Cora knows better than that. Like, come on. That's the disappointing yeah. part here is, you know, this isn't just a black guy for Alex Cora. It's a black guy for his family. It's a black guy for, as much as I hate him, one of the most historic franchises in all the sports. All right. Bad. Yeah. I think the comparison to the Patriots is, is pretty dead on. Uh, and as I know you're a Patriots fan, to have that on both teams, that, that doesn't Brutal. feel I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it. So, yeah, thank you very much, Joe. We appreciate you joining us as always. Uh, we will, as often as possible, have Joe on here because he, like me, uh, gives the hottest of takes. Uh, and that is the way I like to be when it comes to sports. I think broadcasters let guys get away with way too much. And it is time to hold some of these guys accountable for the millions of dollars that we pay them to watch this sport. Um, and just one last point here, Noah. There are a lot of people who are disappointed that they didn't get this job. Jason Veritek has been waiting for 10 years to be a manager in Major League Baseball. And Alex Cora, a cheating loser, gets the job over Veritek. If he has changed his ways and is somehow this righteous man who is no longer trying to use technology to cheat the system, good on you, Alex Cora. But I just don't believe it right now. And that is Tyler's take on the signing of Alex Cora. Um, a little bit more emotional that time, Noah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more, to be honest. I just think it doesn't look good. It's not a good look for the Sox, even though, I mean, I mean as a Yankees fan, what do I care? But at the same time, sure. it doesn't look good for baseball. It's exactly. A, so. It's the biggest cheating scandal of the last 100 years of baseball. Mm -hmm. And you're bringing this guy back. And to he was at the, the that's not even like he was just on the team. He was at he the front of it. it. He right. was the guy like he was named in every single report once the investigation came out, once it started, once it finished, once they got every, through everything. He was the person that they said he did it. This was yeah. the guy. Carlos he, Beltran he still doesn't have a job. Mm -hmm. One of the best bats in baseball of the last 20 years still doesn't have a job because of this. But Cora, the guy who orchestrated it has a team has a job with one of the biggest teams in the world it makes no sense to me but yep. thank you everybody this went much longer than i expected it to i thought we were going to bl blow through this episode um, but that just shows you how much of a baseball fan noah and i are we can talk about just about anything baseball for a very long time um, we'd like to thank clovercrest for allowing us to use their platform to bring you baseball with the bard and we would like to thank joe the uh, owner of clovercrest for joining us for that last segment he was so amped up that he had to join in um, so yes thank you again clovercrest if you do love podcasts as well please visit clovercrest media for a wide selection of great shows covering sports business relationships pop culture politics and true crime there are 26 26 shows plus more now on the cmg network and if you don't find one you like start your own we can help you launch your podcast for as little as 15 dollars a month and clovercrestmedia.com is the website to check make sure you check it out and tell all your friends you can visit clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite cmg podcast as well as seeing blogs and videos on all of your latest info Thank you all very much for joining us for this off-season episode of Baseball with the Bard. We will see you next time. Thank you so much.
time for baseball with the bar.